my flow mat. Courtside Chamberlain throwback match my Rolex. Everywhere I go flex, valet park on some low shit. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod brought to you by Sideline Sports. Uh, I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and with me today is my fellow host, uh, Solman Huck, and a special guest, San Jose State University legend, Terry Cannon. Uh, So Terry grew up in the L.A. area, played basketball for Crenshaw High School, and actually uh, was awarded City Player of the Year and won a state title in his senior season in 1989. Uh, Terry went on to play basketball uh, up at San Jose State University, where he was a second-team All-Big West Conference selection and ranks seventh on the school's all-time scoring list. Uh, so Terry went on to play in some pro-am leagues in uh, San Francisco and L.A., and currently when he's not uh, helping business executives streamline operational efficiency and higher talent globally he actively works with kids and adults in basketball uh so if you're in the bay area you might see him uh you know at a uh, business conference or training some folks on the basketball court uh so terry was gracious enough to spend some time with us talking about his journey from la to san jose and uh, some of the folks that he's played ball against and uh shared some some real nuggets of wisdom um so without further ado here is our conversation with again San Jose State University legend, Terry Cannon. First of all, thank you, Terry. Really appreciate you making the time to uh, come talk with us on the 4040 Vision, 4040 Vision podcast. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, it's it's hot. It's hot here in the Bay. Uh, but other than that, I'm, 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 you know, I'm nimble, I'm flexible, and, uh, you know, I try to stay cool from the inside out. So I'm good. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm up in Sacramento, and it's uh, it was 111, 112 yesterday. Uh, I think it's going to be about 105, so a little cooler today. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, so yeah, so we just wanted to to talk with you about your uh, your journey to San Jose State, and you know the the records that you've set there, and, and everything that you've accomplished there, and of course everything that you've accomplished since then. Uh, but I wanted to start off, you know, take us back to uh, your childhood and and what it was like, you know, coming up in. Uh, uh, the Crenshaw area in in the seventies and eighties, which is a you know, did you were you born there and you you came all the way up through high school uh, in Crenshaw? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, first of all, let me uh, you know express my thanks to to you and and and, and I I know him as Bobby, man. So that's that's <laughs> that's where I got to go with this. Uh, thank you to to each of you guys for inviting me on. Uh, definitely appreciate it and uh, appreciate the invite, but, you know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, you know, as you mentioned in the seventies and the eighties, uh, you know, uh, in Los Angeles. And it was, a, it was a kind of a fertile time as it relates to, to basketball. I, uh, I went to Crenshaw high and Crenshaw is kind of a, uh, you know, a nationally recognized, uh, basketball program, you know, producing many pro athletes, uh, in basketball, football, and baseball. And so it was very competitive, uh, in terms of the LA city area, in terms of, you know, the, the, the level of talent, uh, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of kids from different areas found their way at Crenshaw because it was a kind of a fertile, you know, athletic and academic, um, environment. And so, uh, so it was some fun times, man, uh, you know, fun times, great battles. Um, and, uh, you know, I really, you know, kind of uh, develop my my chops, if you will, uh, on a basketball court uh, as a result. Yeah. And, and when did you start playing basketball? Did you start, you know, as soon as you could walk type thing or did, were you a late bloomer here? Yeah. Uh, no Tiger Woods type of story for you, man. You know, like, you know, hey, you know, you come out the womb and your, your dad nurtures you onto the golf course or, you know, puts you right on the court or whatever. And, you know, it's like, you know, my first words wasn't basketball, you know, or anything like that. So I, I actually started playing, uh, you know, basketball like in my teens, like early teens, really about 12 um, I was more of a football guy in terms of Pop Warner football. So that was kind of my first sort of sort of love in terms of football. So I played football, played a lot of the skill positions there, you know, from uh, from linebacker when I was younger to 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 running back to to a little bit of wide receiver to safety. So that was really my first love in terms of uh, football. And then I migrated over to basketball because obviously 
during the off seasons, you know, you got basketball courts at up at the park and things like that. No one, no one hops on the, you know, at the, at the, at the, at the park or at the playground be like, Hey man, let's, let's, let's go five on five, you mm-hmm. know, let's do some flag here, but the basketball <laughs> court is there, right? You, you could just be yourself in the ball. And so I started to pick up the ball and, and I started playing from there. So there wasn't like a, you didn't take a nasty hit or something and, and decide to make a change. Yeah, man, it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I was actually I was actually, uh, you know, kind of shifty. I had a couple of moves in my belt, you know, uh, Khalid. And so, you know, I, I didn't I didn't take a lot of hard shots. I was, you know, I was kind of kind of nifty. Um, but, you know, for me, it was it was a matter of just uh, being able to play kind of more often. You know, you're at recess you know, things like that. When you're at school, you you know, you're able to play. And so that's how I really started to kind of migrate over to the game. And then a lot of, you know, when I was even younger, football players would try to use basketball as a means to kind of stay in shape themselves as well. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. uncommon for a, you know, a multi-sport athlete to, you know, find themselves playing basketball. And did you play both in high school or, or just basketball? I actually played uh, just basketball in high school. Uh, my, uh, you know, I have a, a, a good family friend of our families uh, who was actually even present day. He's the football coach at Crenshaw and he was the coach there when I was even younger. And so my family was tight with, with him. And at one point he wanted me to play football, but I actually ended up playing basketball all through my high school years. Got it. Got it. And did you you come from an athletic family? Do you have any siblings or, you know, did your dad play ball growing up? Uh, you know, good question. Uh, my uncle uh, was more so my influence as it relates to basketball. Uh, my dad wasn't wasn't an athlete. Um, you know, my, my siblings aren't necessarily uh, athletes. And so my uncle was the one who kind of groomed me into playing once he's, you know, uh, I was, I was always supported on the football field, et cetera, but I didn't come from like this long generation of, of athletes and those sorts of things. But my uncle played basketball a little bit in the service. He played in high school. And so he was the one that at times would take me to the park. He was the one who would kind of, you know, at times, you know, place, play some older guys to, you know, to, to play me on the, on the, on the court, just to, you know, give me a little tougher, make me a little better. Uh, so my uncle is my, my ultimate influence when it comes to, to that. That's great. Uh, and, you know, when you were in high school at, was there a certain point, maybe a, a certain game or after a certain season where you thought, you know, maybe I, I could do this at the next level. I could play at, at the college level. Uh, well, you know, high school was, was very interesting in the sense that you had a, it, it was not uncommon to see multiple high school players, you know, to go D one um, on my, when I was a junior in high school and I played varsity, um, nine members of my team went D1 of some level. So wow, that's, in high school I'm assuming program, you had like 15 guys on the team? Uh, like about 12. 12, okay, 12 guys. wow. So you're talking nine out of 12, which is, you know, unheard of. Yeah. You know, even, mm-hmm. even if you stack that up to modern times, you know, you might have a team, an elite team that might have five, six people go D1. Yeah. But, you know, my high school team, that's how competitive it was. As I started out saying, very competitive on my on my on my team. When I was a junior, you had, you know, you had nine guys go D1. Um, so um, for me, it wasn't necessarily a game, but it was just a matter of the culture. You know, it was pretty competitive. You know, uh, one of the guys that was on my high school team, his dad coached at UCLA, um, a gentleman by the name of Walt Hazard. Uh, so if you ever kind of look it up back in the day, you know, he was the coach for UCLA and his son was on our uh, was on my high school team. Um, and so it wasn't it wasn't uncommon to say, hey, you know what, you know, I'm going to I'm around coaches and people who can kind of go to the next level. And as I said, my high school was pretty, pretty famous for producing college athletes and pro athletes. Mm-hmm. And is, is that the year that that you guys won the national title or was that the following year? We won it uh, my senior year. So we won okay. it in 89. Sorry, state title, I'm sorry. Yeah, we won a state title. But previous to that, and you know, in 88, uh, we had won kind of a city title. Before that time, there was multiple titles. There's multiple banners, 
in my gym to this day. Um, you know, my coach, uh, who's since retired, is, you know, considered a, a, you know, somewhat of a legend or whatnot in terms of high school athletics in the LA area. And so, um, so yeah, man, it was, you know, some banners around, you know, now I live in the Bay and Bay, you know, you know, it's like, Hey man, wherever I'm at, you know, I'm going to be around some, be around some championship banners and some stuff happening, you know? Yeah. You're just, you're bringing up that, that championship pedigree wherever you go. Harry, tell us how, how did you end up here in the Bay? Why did you choose San Jose state and were you considering any other schools? Were you trying to stay in the LA area? Tell us what, how'd you end up here? Uh, yeah. So, um, so interesting enough, uh, when I was actually um, a senior in high school, until towards maybe towards the latter part of my senior senior season, um, I, I, I wasn't really highly recruited. And so um, and so when I was actually in school and I was playing and you're talking, you know, midway through my senior year, towards the latter part of my senior years, I didn't necessarily uh, it wasn't like, you know, people were just banging down my door. Um, and so, and so finally towards the latter part of the season, we're talking like towards the latter end of the, of kind of like the regular season before you go into, you know, the uh, playoffs, if you will, the CIF playoffs and all that sort of stuff. Then that's when I start to get far more attention. Um, and so then you had some of the kind of bigger schools at the time, uh, whether it was UCLA, Oklahoma, UTEP, and some of these other kind of schools that was really kind of more uh, highly recruiting me. But, you know, at that particular time, um, you know, I didn't necessarily know if those things were going to be uh, kind of a done deal for me. So for me, understanding that, hey, I really wanted to secure my college education um, not knowing, you know, what was going to happen in terms of those recruitment years. So I had some schools that were, you know, kind of, you know, recruiting me uh, pretty regularly and San Jose State was one of them. And so when I reviewed some of those those, those options, thinking that I could stay in California, uh, wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be as if, you know, hey, I'm, I'm shooting over to the east, um, going into, you know, Chicago and some cold weather and stuff like that. You know, I had to weigh those factors out. It's like, you know what, hey, I could, I can do this and stay in California and kind of, you know, for, for, for modern day expression, secure the bag, if you will, <laughs> in terms of my college education, Bobby, and say, hey, you know, I'll, I'll choose San Jose State. So that was a, a kind of a, kind of one of the reasons why. And then um, I had a, a good friend of mine who was a quarterback at uh, Crenshaw High. Um, he lived in my neighborhood. His name was Doug and Doug played quarterback for San Jose state. Mm. And so I would, I would watch his games on TV, et cetera, and, you know, kind of support him. You know, he's from my neighborhood. I would support him. And so I knew of San Jose state from that. And then I, you know, had my recruitment visits and stuff like that. And then I just made the decision to, to, you know, choose San Jose state. Yeah. I think the location is definitely an underrated aspect of that um i just did an interview last week with a buddy of mine that played uh division two and he started his career in bellevue nebraska okay and he he left after a year just because he you know it was too cold it was too isolated uh and he ended up playing in san diego so i i totally get that <laughs> especially so I mean, he's he's from arizona you're from la so some warm weather guys yes uh, you don't want to you know get uh, get stuck out in the cold uh is there a particular game or moment um at San Jose State that you're particularly proud of, like maybe your the highlight of your your college career. Well, um, I you know I have multiple moments, but you know one one that just come to mind immediately is that uh, you know when when I played against Cal, you know, and I played just when Jason Kidd was there, um, and when I also uh, played against uh, Santa Clara, those were always proud moments because it's it's local, right? It's just like any sort of you know, institution that has, you know, close ties within a geographic area to, to other colleges. So, you know, when you think of it, you know, like, you know, Stanford and Cal, you know, you think of it as like going to be a situation like you mentioned, Arizona, you know, Arizona State and Arizona, if Oregon, Oregon State, anytime you're in a close proximity, those create kind of a, a naturalness in terms of how organic a rivalry could possibly brew. Right. So some of my proud moments came up when I was playing against Jason Kidd, when I played against Steve Nash, 
you know, those particular schools, whether, whether, you know, I traveled to, to Cal or they came down to San Jose state, or I traveled over to, uh, you know, Santa Clara, you know, those were, those were good. One or another moment for me that stood out is also when I played against uh, Minnesota, you know, this is when the HP pavilion in San Jose was, was, was newly, was newly kind of constructed. And so, um, and so, you know, we played in there as kind of like a, you know, kind of a, a, a Northern California classic, if you will, games in terms of, you know, inviting different colleges to, to play. And I played against Minnesota at that particular time. And so, you know, uh, I played against some, some schools that were kind of far East, you know, Lansing, Michigan, I played against Michigan state and some other folks and stuff like that. Unfortunately, Steve Smith wasn't playing in that game. He was hurt. Uh, but whenever I played in, in those kind of games to where it was kind of like, Hey, big locally, you know, with, with either the local schools or the venue, you know, large venue, you know, Hey, you're playing, you know, the stadium seats, 20,000 folks, you know, those are always special moments. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned a couple hall of fame players in, in Steve Nash and, and Jason Kidd, uh, who, of between those two guys or maybe somebody else uh that you played against because you played you know pretty uh some good competition guys at like unlv schools like that uh who's the best player that you played against uh, yeah that's a that's a common question <laughs> but the way i normally dissect it is you know players are are uniquely talented in, in different ways and so for me you know just like there's the running there's always going to be a running debate like hey who's the best who's the greatest ever right but for me, I normally kind of just look at it in, in different ways. Uh, sometimes it's say, hey, who's the best that you played against at the position? Who's just the overall best? Who was just a beast, you know, out there in, in, in terms of, you know, how you, how you, how you looked at things? Um, and, you know, for me, there was multiple different guys. Like, you know, you mentioned UNLV, for instance. I played against UNLV when they were ranked number one in the nation, where they won a national champ, national title. Yeah, that was their peak, right? The Jerry Tarkanian days. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I, I, I like your I like your knowledge share. <laughs> I like your knowledge share going back there. Hey, I, yes, I'm sir. a little older now, and I, 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 a... I can appreciate the fact that you kind of kind of can can kind of track with me back a little bit this is a sports history podcast for a reason so hey man that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying hey you know plug kudos to to you guys for you know having having the homework i love it so yeah those guys man you know those are some of the better guys you know that uh that you know that i played against you know whether you're talking larry johnson whether you're talking you know uh you know stacy ogman those guys with you know greg anthony's those guys were, you know, really highly talented. But also a sleeper guy in the on the list is when I played, um, you know, a guy named Randy Brown. Randy Brown played for the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan uh, on those Jordan teams, and so he got some he got some chips under his belt, and he also, uh, you know, has done some coaching over the years. But he was he was a beast, you know, at his position, you know, at the point guard position, uh, even back then. Um, you know, uh, still staying with the Jordan connection. Um, you know, one of my, uh, one of my, uh, good friends, um, uh, played against Jordan. He played on the Utah jazz and, you know, Hey, Jordan hit the shot. Jordan hit the shot, classic iconic shot in his face. I don't, I don't, I don't really, really want to bring that up too, too <laughs> much. Painful I, memories. Yeah. yeah. Painful memory. I'm trying to stay away from my buddy's name. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's already kind of out there or whatever, but Hey, you know, he played him, he played in, he played in my conference, you know, um, you know, Cedric Sabalas went on to play, you know, and, you know, um, Phoenix, um, you know, um, you know, running against him and, and, and Bruce Bowen and those guys, and they, those guys, you know, at least, at least Bruce got multiple chips, you know, play with one of the, you know, I feel one of the, you know, greatest power forwards to ever do it in terms of Tim Duncan. So there was a lot of, lot of talented guys that, you know, that I was running up against, you know, playing, you know, every night. Um, and so, so when you say best player, you know, it's, it's, it's for me, it's not that I'm trying to duck the question, but it's just that, Hey, you know what? I get I'm it. I get it. So many good guys, man. Yeah. I mean, some of the the teams that you played, the guys that you mentioned, you know, some NBA legends, Greg Anthony, Larry Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. It's a long list. How about, how about this? Who is the most memorable player that you played against? How about that? 
Hey, that's fair enough. I could, I, you know, fair <laughs> enough. Shoot, shoot another question at me or whatever. That's, that's what, that's what good, good, good podcasters do. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I would say, I would say, um, not to continue with this, with, with the UNLV vibe, but I would say just, I would say Greg Anthony was, was really one of the more memorable guys I played against. Cause obviously we was at the same position, you know, we guarding each other, et cetera. And I feel that he was one of the guys who kind of welcomed me to the, the difference in the college game versus the high school game. And memorable is something that kind of has stuck with me in terms of, you know, you hear the expression, there's levels to this. Right. I don't know if you've ever heard that expression, but, yeah, definitely. you know, there's levels to this. So you go from high school and then you go to a different level to D1. And he was one of the guys that show that that helped for me to visibly see, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to be really playing against guys on a regular basis that are more athletic, stronger, faster, quicker than I am in, in certain areas. You know, some that I'm going to, you know, be 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 those things to them, but I'm also going to be <laughs> giving my fair doses of guys who's going to be, you know, stronger, fit, uh, quicker, faster than I am. So, hey, how am I going to, from an intellectual basis, move my game to a different level? You know, now that you're going from high school to high school, you know, if you're the most talented guy, if, if you know, if you're if you got if you're the most skilled guy, then, hey, man, you know, you can dominate probably, you know, pretty much every night or you can turn it on when you need to. Hey, you know what? I've had two bad quarters or this, that, and the other. Hey, I'm going to turn this on. You know, I'm going to flip the switch. But Greg Anthony was one of those guys when I played against him, you know, and I saw the intelligence he played with. I saw the quickness he played with, the strength he played with. Obviously, there's a different level of confidence, all these different things. He was stood out as really one of the more memorable guys because all of those elements were not at play. It wasn't just, oh, man, this guy's good. Um, you know, this guy's talented, but it's like, oh, okay. There's an intelligence to the, to the game here on a different level. There's, there's skill that's, that has to be there. There's, there's a, there's a, there's an intensity that has to be there. There's a mindset that has to be there, you know, and all of those things is what made it memorable. Not just, Hey, you know what, this, this guy was just really so good or something. Yeah. I mean, and he went on to, I think, play 10, 12 years in the NBA. So uh, you're, you're spot on there. Uh, and then, so I know you, you ended your college career on a high note, you're the leading scorer, uh, on the team that 93, 94 season. Um, uh, did you have any ambitions at that point to, to play pro basketball? Did you, uh, do any workouts for any teams or anything like that? Uh, good question. So, um, at the time I, I really wasn't like wholeheartedly pursuing, um, you know, basketball, but there was, there was, there was a, an inkling because, of, you know, you still got that competitive, competitive fire is like, Hey, you know what? I know that I can do it because, you know, I have friends who, you know, who played, I, you know, I grew up in an environment like that. Um, and so, and I played against these skilled players and, and, you know, held my own. Um, some of the guys you mentioned or whatever, Hey, you know, you know, I held my own against, you know, guys like that. So, you know, I knew that was something that I could do. Um, but uh, again, just kind of like high school, it wasn't as if, you know, I had pro scouts beating by my, by my door. In my senior season, um, I had torn my ACL uh, the season prior, like in my junior year. And so okay. even though even though I came back, came back pretty strong, um, I didn't necessarily have the level of looks, pro level of looks at, you know, as I did at one point, at one point, like, you know, in my junior year, you know, there, there was kind of like, Hey, you know, there's a lot of, you know, local sort of guy, local teams and other teams that might be interested in, Hey, you know, uh, seemed like they, they like your game or whatnot. I had heard some of that level of talk. Um, but after I tore my ACL, that wasn't that case. So after school, you know, after college, you know, it's like, okay, hey, is this something I can do? And so I ended up playing in the Pro-Am League um, in Irvine. Um, and that's when I was playing with uh, Cedric Sabalas. I was playing with Mark Jackson, um, you know, uh, Tracy Murray. You know, I don't know if you yeah. go back in your database that far. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, all these guys, you know, I'm playing with these guys. And, you know, like I said, you know, I was I was I was doing pretty good, but I still didn't have kind of 
a lot of, you know, a lot of offers. And so at that time, and I know I'm going along into the story, so bear with me, but yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to give you some context. Yeah. Uh, but um, so, you know, at that time, you know, playing there and, you know, and I'm in the pro-am league with these guys, which these guys were already established pros at the time. And so, you know, uh, I was, I was kind of the backup to Mark Jackson. And so, you know, I'm coming in and spelling them and stuff like that. And, you know, doing well, you know, my 15 minutes or whatever it was. And, you know, I'm young, you know, uh, et cetera. So then I started to get a little bit of, hey, you know, you know, that's the kid from San Jose State kind of deal or whatever. And so I started to get some overseas offers at that point. And so, you know, we're talking to kind of the top leagues in Europe, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, one particular situation, like the top league in Germany, and it was um, they were going to choose between me and another guy that they wanted to that they wanted to bring over. And at the time, you know, we're talking uh, kind of mid 90s at the time. I know I'm dating myself here. No, mid 90s. And so the at that time, they were offering me uh, basically about one hundred twenty five thousand in terms of the contract. Uh, and that would have been kind of eight months that I was going to have to be overseas. And so at that time, that was pretty good. Um, at that time, um, you know, engineers in today's society might make 150 or something like that as a starting base. So back then that was, that was, that was decent. It's a good chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool. (laughs) And so I was excited about that. And so then they selected a guy, uh, over me and I didn't know this until they selected him at the last minute, a guy by the name of Lester Connors and Lester Connors was a guy who actually played in the NBA and now he's an NBA official. He's an NBA official, a current, a current NBA official, probably for the last 30 years or something like that. Okay. So they selected him over me. And so when they selected uh, Lester over me, he had the pro experience and Lester is taller than I am. They, they had their reasons, you know, in terms of selecting them. Um, it was like, oh man, that's that, that was a crushing blow to me because all my other offers were like a vast dip. And so it went from like 125 to like 30,000. Oh, wow. 20,000. And I was like, man, I'm not going to be overseas for for that amount of time, you know, even though it was U.S. and U.S. dollars and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm I'm in a whole different country and things like that. I just didn't really feel that that was going to be kind of my calling. So I began to kind of, you know, work on, you know, my work experience and things like that, you know, and and at the time, you know, I started, you know, started, you know, hanging tight with, you know, with with, uh, you know, with my girlfriend at the time, it was, you know, became my wife or whatnot. And, you know, it was like, you know, I don't want to do that. And then years after that, um, some of the warrior scouts began to uh, contact me because I was still kind of playing in the Pro-Am League in San okay. Francisco. So, you know, you know, I was still kind of still trying to play or whatever, just, just for the love of the game and things of that nature. And so they wanted me to... Um, to go to their G league. Uh, at the time it was, at the time it was, um, um, called the CBA. Yeah. Right? So now right. as you, as you mm-hmm. well know, the D league or the G league now back then it was the CBA. Mm-hmm. So they wanted me to go to their CBA team, kind of the same way that the Warriors now have their, their team in Santa Cruz. Yep. That's what they wanted me to do. Um, and at that time they were looking to kind of, uh, compensate me, like, I think it was like $400 a, uh, a week. And at that time oh, wow. I had, uh, <laughs> you know, my wife and I would given birth to my son, et cetera, and so forth. It's like, Hey, I can't be, I can't be skipping out like that, you know, to play ball. And, you know, I don't, I don't have a change or whatever to, 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 you know, support my folks. And so that's kind of, you know, where my, my journey from a, from a player trying to advance to the next level where it kind of fizzled out because, mm-hmm. you know, um, unless I was going to make that 120, that 125, <laughs> you know, it was like, Hey, you know, I, I can't be, you can't take me to from 125 to 20 to 30 and then take me from 30 to, you know, 400 a week or whatever. It's like, Oh man, I'm in a Bay area. I could, you know, I'm, I, I might have to do a little something different. Might have to pivot do a little something <laughs> different, you know, that's what we do here in the Bay. Right. That's right. Yeah, you had to. You definitely had to make a business decision, and I, I, I can respect that. I yeah. think, you know, these days, 
you know, guys probably have a lot more options, you know, more overseas leagues. I know the the G League definitely pays better than, than $400 a week. It's almost like you were going to play like single A baseball or something uh, back then. So no, I, I totally get that. Uh, so, you know, what was that transition like to corporate America, you know, going from trying to play ball professionally to, you know, maybe not putting on a shirt and tie, but sitting behind the desk? Yeah. So uh, you can see right now, you know, kind of at, kind of a little bit at the desk for the most part right now. Right. You know, just handling doing business. But at the same degree, you know, the adjustment always, you know, for any kind of transition is typically met with, um, you know, some moments to where, you know, there's there's not quite the clarity because you're going into something new. You're going into something that could be could be different. You're going to some things to where you got to make some decisions as it relates to forks in the road. Am I going to go down this path to the right? I'm going to go down this path to the left. So in certain aspects of it is going to be some ambiguity, some uncertainty. So the same was true uh, with me. Um, and so, but much like in athletics or in basketball or any sport, et cetera, you know, you have to be able to kind of dig deep and, and, and begin to develop a mindset to where you can say, hey, I have to kind of believe in myself um, and try to, you know, make it happen. You know, especially if you if you feel like, OK, hey, um, I've done the preparation, I've done the work. Right. Like, you know, hey, you you're going to hear that expression, you know, in terms of with athletes. Hey, you know, when I'm when I'm coaching athletes or players, it's, you know, it's really. Hey, are you putting in the work? Right. And so if you know that, hey, you're in the right environment, et cetera, uh, to grow and to develop, um, you know, you're putting in the work. And for me, the transition was, hey, now I got to put in the work on the corporate side. Now I got to put in the work in terms of developing skills, in terms of, you know, interviewing skills, looking at, at under uh, understanding a corporate company. How does it work? What does the Silicon Valley mean? What does it mean? You hear it all the time, but now what is what does it mean? Um, you know, how do, how does one advance? What kind of skills you need in order to get into a, a position and to, and to, you know, uh, uh, you know, obtain that position and then grow, you know, um, what does it mean to be promoted? So all these sorts of things, when you're younger, fresh out of college, you might have some exposure from an academic aspect, a, you know, a, a class structure, but now you have to walk the path, you know, and it's kind of like, hey, you know what? you know, you have preseason, you know, and, and, and all that and what you're doing there. And then you start to get into training camp, you know, and training camp is where, you know, the transition aspect is for you, you know, because now all of a sudden, hey, you got to learn some things by doing it. Now learn some things by getting rejected when some interviews and stuff like that. And then you got to learn, hey, man, why did they, re- why did, why did they reject me? Or, or could I have said that better? Could I have done that? Could I, could I brought out my experience, my background in a way that that made it more compelling for me to be the best fit for this position? Um, or, you know what? Hey, now I understand that, hey, that's that's really not the position I thought it was. It looks it reads to me this way on paper, the job description, but it's really not really that way because now I'm in I'm 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 now doing it and you'd be learning a lot about yourself. So that's the way I was, man. It was it was it was a bit of a, a transition. Um, but then I began to kind of, you know. Uh, navigate myself in kind of, you know, the corporate structures, and then uh, ultimately begin to start to develop, hey, what do I want my path to look like? You know, what, what do I, you know, want my, my, my experience to be, you know, what kind of job would be best for me as a person, my, my genuine, authentic self, you start to kind of learn a lot about that, you know, it's like, hey, you know, am I the guy on the assembly line? Or am I going to be another person guy in the company? You know, am I going to be the creative developer in the company or am I going to be, you know, someone else or whatever? You're based upon my skill sets and my personality and all that. So that's how Absolutely. it was for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Terry, I know also, in addition to your corporate job, you you do training. And that's how I kind of met you at the gym. I saw you training guys. Uh, talk us through that. How did you decide, okay, you know what, I'm going to start training people. And when did you start up and how did you get that start? And then I know... And, the, and this is when I first saw you, you started, you were training Robert Perra, the owner of the Grizzlies. So talk us through all of that. Yeah. So, you know, like, like with anything, man, you know, uh, once some things are kind of in your, in your blood a bit, you know, like, you know, basketball and, and, you know, just that whole aspect, you know, part of the aspect of, 
of, of basketball, I feel in, in all sports is, is that sports is a way to kind of develop character. It's a way to reveal character. Okay. And so for me, the, de- the, the developing and, and revealing of the character in terms of, in terms of athletics and how we see it plays out is that ultimately I hope it would, it would produce in, in, in people an aspect to where they would want to give back. Pay, pay some things forward, you know? And so, and that's, that's, that's what we all in, in begin to understand when you start to look back on your journey, you begin to see that, Hey, you know what? There was a, there was a teacher back there that really kind of helped me out at a moment that I needed a little help. There was a, there was a coach back there that really says something that was impactful. That's that stick with me to this day in terms, of, it could just be a word of encouragement. It could be, you know, just something, you know, different or just having a different experience or the fact that I couldn't do something very well, that there was a person that was there to say, you know what, even though you can't do that well, you could still be good at that. You could still excel at it, you know, and, you you know, and, and you might have aspirations of doing something. And that's the way I was. So that's how I got into training in terms of really wanting to kind of, you know, say, hey, you know, for what, you know, for the experiences I've had you know, and the people I know and places I've been, et cetera, and so forth, you know, let me take some time to kind of pay it forward and, you know, working with kids and working with young adults and things like that and, 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 and doing some things as it relates to, you know, player development and basketball development. Cause you know, to, to, you know, Maya Angelou has a famous, uh, she's a, she's a famous, you know, uh, poet and uh, actress and, and things of that nature. You know, she once said, she once said, she said, at our best, at our best, we're all teachers. At our best, we're all teachers. Meaning that, hey, you know what? If I have something, Bobby, man, you know, Khalid, if I, you know, if I have something that I could, I could share that could help you along your way, or you share something that helps me, et cetera, or, or, or to kids or adults, you, you know, we're, we're teaching each other, we're learning, and we're, we're all better as a result of it, especially if you, you, you're doing that positively. So that's how I got involved in training and, and, and really wanting to kind of, you know, pay some things forward, you know, still have a little bit of love of the game. And then it, you know, it helped me too, it benefited me too a little bit because, Hey, it gives me a reason to want to try to stay in shape a bit, you know, and, you know, still, still be able to play and do some things. It gives you that reason, that motivation. And so it's like, Hey man, we all benefited from this thing. And it was cool. Absolutely. Was cool. Absolutely. And Terry is one of the best trainers. I've seen him train so many people at the gym. And Terry's one hell of a guard still to this day. So just letting people know that oh, man, he's still, no. still a beast, still a beast. So oh, Terry, man. tell tell us, how did you end up linking with Robert Perra? Cause I used to see you guys training and we always used to ask him, you want a ball? And he'd be like, no, no, I'm training. I'm training. And then I played with him one time and my God, Terry, I don't know how you trained this guy up, but he, he just killed us in a half court game. I remember that, but tell us, <laughs> tell us how you, how you looked up with Robert Perra. Yeah. So, um, so actually, um, you know, um, there were some 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 guys that I didn't even know that he knew. He 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 had uh, actually knew some people from San Jose State. Okay. Um, you know because uh, you know he's kind of a you know native from the area, and they directed him my way, and so he actually reached out to me, and okay. so uh, so he reached out to me and like hey you know, um you know, you know, I've been kind of like, uh, really wanting to get myself in, 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 in shape or whatever, but I'm not going to necessarily be the guy kind of like myself and Hey, I'm not going to be the guy that's in the weight room and stuff like that. I need to have kind of a, a reason, a motivation to do all this other kind of stuff. And, and so he talked to me a little bit about, about things. So he and I set up a meeting and I basically talked to him and broke down, Hey, this is, this is, this is my background. This is who I am. This is, you know, my training methodology. This is kind of, you know, what, you know, um, where I, 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 I hope to take individuals and try to get a sense of what his objectives are, what his goals are. And I treated it just like, you know, I would anybody else, you know, a parent who came to me with their, with their, you know, 13 year old son, or if I was working with someone in junior college that is, you know, Hey, I'm trying to make it to the next level. I'm in J I'm in junior college, but I'm trying to do D1. I'm trying to get better over my summers. I'm trying to be in the lab, you know, as we speak, putting in that work. Right. So Robert is one of those guys who, you know, and, and as I begin to know him and work with him, you know, he, as in terms of a technical professional, which is common in the Valley, you know, you got to be about 
you got to be about the work or whatever, you know, individually. And that's what, that's what, you know, uh, the game of basketball should be teaching individuals to be able to, Hey, you know, sharpen your tools, you know, getting in the lab sometimes, and you're going to be the only one in the lab doing that experiment. You're going to be the only one in there working on your game. You're going to be the only one in there putting it, putting in shots, et cetera, you know, and make sure. And if it's, if it's good, let's do it behind the scenes, you know, let's not do it just so, Hey, you know, you can, you can just put it on the gram or something like that. Let's do it because, Hey, this is, Hey, you know, you want to get better. So he and I met under those circumstances. And after we met um, and we started to get into our commonalities and, and also me able to kind of, you know, share with him my, my methodology and, and, and kind of, you know, where my path has led me in terms of basketball, then it just made for a good fit. And then uh, obviously I was able to uh, springboard that because even at the time uh, when I met him and then, and then going through his purchasing of the Grizzlies and kind of being involved in that process, at that same time, I was able to kind of share and touch base with him because at the time when he purchased the Grizzlies, Lionel Hollins was the coach for the Grizzlies. One of Lionel's assistants as it relates to player development was, is a friend of mine who also played with Steve Nash, Lloyd Pierce. Hmm. Lloyd Pierce is a, is a, is a local Oakland guy who played at Santa Clara with, 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 with Steve Nash. And so all of those sorts of things for him and I started to click and then that's when we begin to, you know, go through the training and look at player, player development when, you know, looking at some talent as they, you know, trying to look at bringing some talent into the, to the Grizzly or whatever, and being able to make some assessments on that. And so that it was, you know, some fun times and, you know, just another part of my basketball journey, man, which was real cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And tell us what, what was that like working with some of the Grizzly players? I know, I know you had like Mike Miller working out at the gym with you at some point, Dante Jones, you guys worked out there at the gym. I know you, you said you worked with like Tony Allen and those guys. So what, what was that like? And did you like play against them or how, how did you like kind of get into that? Yeah, it was, you know, that's, that's all Robert's doing, man. That's, the, you know, that was, that's, that's his ability, you know, to, to, to be able to, to have, you know, that sort of uh, means to make those things happen so that, you know, I all credit to him, man. Robert is, Robert is a great guy. He's also, uh, you know, really one of the hardest, really a hardworking guy as well in terms of the, uh, he embodies the grit and the grind of the grindhouse in terms of the Grizzlies. I'm talking from an owner perspective under me knowing him and, and working with him. I know that that's kind of real in the sense that, Hey, he puts in that grit and the grind on the technical side of technical development and stuff like that, which is kind of, you know, what he, you know, what he does. And so I, I know after, you know, working with him that that's what he, that's what he's all about, but he made it happen for me to be able to kind of have access to those guys and be able to kind of work with them from a, from a, from a player development uh, aspect, from an assessment. Yeah, of course, you know, you know, I'm kind of hands-on and I was, you know, back then, you know, you're very hands-on. So yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm bumping with some guys, you know, I'm, you know, I got show, I got my shoulder into some guys and what I'm, I'm trying to, trying to, you know, trying to, okay, you're trying to, you're trying to do that. I'm trying to, trying to make you have to adjust to some things also trying to like, Hey, you know, let's do some things to improve, you know, Hey, your, your release or your stamina, your, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of your, your shot, your form, you know, all these different sorts of things uh, were, were things to where I was able to kind of work with those, with those individuals. And, and Robert was the reason why, it, you know, the way I had access. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And I know we're getting close to, to time here. So I know this is a sports podcast, but uh, you know, our, our fellow host uh, Osama who couldn't be here today always asks food questions. So you're <laughs> Bay area local. You've been in the Bay for what, 30 years now, uh, or a little more than 30 years now. What is your, your go-to restaurant? So say, you know, maybe you and your wife are going out for uh for a date, you know, what's your go-to spot? Oh man, you, man, you, you know, I appreciate you doing this on this, uh, you know, your, your colleagues, you know, fellow podcasters behalf, man, but, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to take you around then if, if that's the case, uh, um, <laughs> please do, you know? Yeah. So we're like an undercover food podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> man. A little foodies around here or whatever. Got, got some stuff going on. Hey man, you know, it's just my personal preference, but you know, I do like, I do like a lot of Thai food. And so, you know, you, you, to me, you can't go wrong with that in terms of, you know, the, the, 
the freshness of the of the meals, the different, you know, things that I like to have, you know, different spices, some mints, mint flavor stuff in there and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, so I like a place called Sola Thai, um, you know, you know, to where, hey, you know, I can get the things I need, get the quality, you know, pineapple, you know, fried rice and, you know, little things. I'm writing this down, down, by the way. That's a that's a great place, Terry. But, you know, the one next to the Bay Club's closing down. Oh man, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, you know, uh, it's you know the COVID effect, man, has impacted a lot of you know retail and restaurants, and so it's not surprising. But you know, I hate to hear that. Um, but but they still have two other locations, so you're still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, sure. I will I will hit hit those up in the meantime. Try to support as best I can. So you got that, and then you know, then I'll jump into some you know something that's kind of more basic. You know, I do like the Cheesecake Factory because I'm a cheesecake guy. You know what I mean? So you know, I can go in there and get all different types of cheesecake or whatever. So you don't, I don't necessarily have to keep it to the main entrees, you know, I don't got to do that. You know, I'll just, Hey, you know, Hey baby, let's, let's roll over here and I can get this nice little, you know, this, this nice little cheesecake uh, that I'm, that I'm thinking about right here. Boom. You know, and Hey, you know what, you know, October is coming around, you know, November's coming around. They, they, they'll have a little pumpkin, no pumpkin action <laughs> happening or whatever. Let's roll. Let me, let me find a way to get over to Santana row so I can squeeze you over to the, you know, cheesecake factory, you know? So I, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll dip from kind of like, you know, the Thailand, I'll roll Thailand. I'll go something like cheesecake factory, you know, and then I'll, then I'll get into, you know, just some, some other sort of things, you know, there's, there's some places in Oakland that I like, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, Jamaican places, you know um you know um there used to be a great um like um indian place off a of mission that um i can't think of the name of it right now um there's a there's some french places um uh the lie Papillon, i believe it is um it's a french okay, restaurant so you get a, a a diverse palette yeah. yeah, man, for sure. Just like, <laughs> just like my music is diverse. Just like, just like my game is diverse, you know? So, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come with a, you know, all of it, man. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get some curry in there. I'll get all the little stuff, man. I'm not, you know, other than the fact that being super, super exotic, my paddle is not going to go, you know, Hey, you know, let me, let me try out some exotic worms from, you know, from somewhere, <laughs> you know, I might be like, Oh, a little squeamish. But, sure, sure. but in terms of my palate, man, I'm, I'm, man, I'm going all over the place, man, to, <laughs> to get a little something, man. If it's good, it's great. You know, just like music, just like basketball, man. If you, if you overseas, man, if you Luca, like, you know, and you, you know, you got game, you got game, man. That's just how it is. That's the, the fraternity of the game, you know, and food is like that, man. It's like, Hey man, let's, let's go break some bread together, man. Bobby, man. doesn't matter where we at, man. Is the, is the food good? All right, Absolutely. man. Let's let's Absolutely. let's let's roll. Let's roll. It, it could be Palo Alto. It could be San Francisco. It, you know, let's 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 hang out. Have some have some good times. That's what it's about. Love it, love it. All right, so I'm asking just a couple quick hitter NBA ball questions, but before we let you go, hey man, uh, I got I got time for y'all, man. So right. no worries, I'm good. Which player? Like, who do you love watching most in the NBA today? Which player, or maybe a team? Ah, oh, man. Um, Man, that's it. That's that's really a good question. Um, you know, because because I'm so diverse, I, it's just so many different t- different types of people I, I like to to watch, um, you know, from the guards to the, the various different positions. I will say, you know, I like a lot a lot of guys. I, you know, I like guys like Bobby, man. You know, I like two way players, you know, <laughs> I like two way players, man. That's just the way it is. So, you know, so, you know, like. You know, when Kawhi was, is healthy, you know, I like a guy that say, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the toughest defensive assignment. And then I'm also going to play the game from both ends. Right. You know, from from a from a from an intelligent perspective, from a offense defense perspective. So guys like that are typically the guys that I gravitate to that are kind of like the, you know, more two way two way players. Um, and then you got, you know, a guy like a Chris Paul that, you know, you could be kind of an orchestrator you know, on the court, Hey, you know, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making the right decisions. I'm getting people where they need to be. You know, if I need to take big shots, you know, hit big shots, I can, you know, Hey, you know, I can, I can maybe get it something done on a defensive end. That can be a game changer, momentum changer, you know? Um, So, you know, a guy like that, 
you know, guy like that. I, I love to watch. And then, um, you know, we're spoiled in the Bay, man, in the sense that, hey, you know, um, you know, we're surrounded by, you know, a great legacy of, of basketball just in the Bay. So there's yeah, been times absolutely. to where, you know, I've been able to go to the Warriors practice and, you know, you know, see to see, you know, see them, see them, see them balling up close and personal. And it's like, you know, you can't help but appreciate, you know, some of the some of the stuff we got right right here in the Bay, man, you know, things that Steph does moving right out the ball the things that, you know, Clay is able to do moving out the ball, Clay, you know, um, you know, healthy Clay, you know, two-way player, you know, got that mindset. Hey, you know what, you know, if I need to, I'm going to play both fans and I'm going to have the stamina to do it. I'm going to have the stamina to, you know, if, hey, if I got to do this for 47 minutes, 43 minutes, I'm going to do it. Um, and hey, you know, you, you mess around, leave me open, you know, I'm going to make you pay. Um, you know, so those are the types of guys, you know, and, and, you know, that I like to write, uh, that I like to watch in terms of, you know, two-way players. I, I love it. Love it. Well, thank you again, Terry. Really appreciate it. Uh, this was great. Thank you for taking us on a journey with, uh, with you from coming up from Crenshaw to San Jose state and everything that you've done in between and done since. Uh, so once again, yeah, really appreciate, uh, your time and, and, uh, you know, talking us through all this stuff. So thank you. Yeah, oh, no. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, likewise. Anything, Bobby, for sure. Appreciate you guys, man. Appreciate your time. Uh, obviously, I love the the knowledge share. Obviously, you guys are, you know, complimentary to each other in terms of, you know, what you guys are doing, your flow and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, this this is great. I just I just didn't. I'm happy to know about it. It's a 4040, baby. 4040 <laughs> podcast, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to kind of learn about it on the fly. And, um, you know, yeah, man. Continued success to you guys. And, you know, if there's anything, like I said, you know, if I could ever pay some, some, some things forward, you know, that's kind of what I'm about. So, you know, I just appreciate the invite. Yeah. Much appreciated. Thank you, Terrier. Thank you so much. So that's our show for today. Once again, shout out to Terry Cannon for spending some time with us, dropping some knowledge uh, and sharing some history. Uh, and of course, some, some nuggets of wisdom that he's picked up along the way. Uh, make sure to follow, like, and subscribe uh, to the 4040 Vision podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, uh, on all streaming podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast FM, etc. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure to, uh, again, follow, like, and subscribe. Peace, y'all. Thank you. I'm prolific, so gifted. I'm the type that's gonna go get it. No kidding. Breaking down a switch in front of your building. Sitting on the steps, feeling no feelings. Last night it was a cold killer. You gotta keep the devil in his hole. But you know how it goes. I'm front line every time it's sold. 100 pro flow, running shoot pro. 458 drop, playing bulletproof soul. Every few shows, I just buy some new.